Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Charting a New Course in Relapsed Refractory Multiple Myeloma, the Emergence of BCMA-Targeted Therapies. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an independent educational grant from Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated. Hello, my name is Dr. Joshua Richter. I'm an associate professor of medicine at the Tisch Cancer Institute, Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, and the director of multiple myeloma at the Blavatnik Family Chelsea Medical Center at Mount Sinai. Today, we're going to discuss relapsed and refractory multiple myeloma. One of the first things that we need to identify when we're evaluating patients, both in the upfront and the early and late relapse settings, is their risk stratification. In general, we classify patients as having high risk or standard risk, with about two-thirds of patients having standard risk and about a third of patients having high risk, and a small percentage of the high risk having what we call ultra-high risk. A standard risk myeloma patient diagnosed in 2022 will likely live well beyond the decade. A high-risk patient is expected to have a median survival of around four years, with the double hit, triple hits being under two years. So although it doesn't always tell you what drugs to use exactly, it's important to help stratify and set expectations for our patients. When we enter the relapse and refractory realm, we generally divide relapse and refractory into early or late relapses. Early relapses typically refer to one to three prior therapies. In general, as we approach patients in the early relapse, we often use regimens that involve lenalidomide if the patient is not already lenalidomide resistant or refractory. If not, we move on to other therapies such as daratumumab, amylidomide, and carfilzomib. When we enter the later relapses, we are typically in an area that we call triple class refractory, which means refractory to an immunomodulatory drug like lenalidomide, a proteasome inhibitor like bortezomib, and a CD38 monoclonal antibody like daratumumab. In the triple class refractory or later relapse, we look to other mechanisms of action like selenexor or the BCMA therapies such as belantamab, mafidotin or even the CAR-T therapies such as Idacel and Siltacel. So it's very important as you are moving on to later lines of therapy to consider some of the newer mechanisms to attack myeloma that may already be resistant to some of our classical therapies. In the next section, we'll discuss the unmet therapeutic needs for patients with relapse and refractory myeloma. In this section, we are going to review the unmet needs in relapse and refractory myeloma patients from a standpoint of therapeutics and toxicities. In the relapse refractory world of myeloma, we consider three main factors, patient-related, disease-related, and treatment-related. And we factor these all in to identify an optimal strategy for an individual patient, noting that although we classically evaluate patients as genomically high risk with lesions such as 17P, if patients have early relapse, especially relapse within 12 months of initial treatment, we classify them as functionally high risk and need to look at their therapies a lot more carefully. We know that as you go from relapse one to two to three to four, our overall and progression-free survivals seem to diminish. And once patients become refractory to multiple classes of agents, their options become more limited and their outcomes become more limited across the board. As myeloma remains a chronic illness requiring constant therapy, it's important to balance efficacy with toxicity. And as we can see here, a list of some of the more commonly used agents 
and their associated toxicities, it's important to construct treatment regimens without significant overlap and choose a therapy that is designed not just around what therapy may work best, but which therapy would avoid exacerbating known adverse events, toxicities, or clinical comorbidities. The way we try to personalize this and plot out the course is to figure out patient-related factors, treatment-related factors, and disease-related factors, understanding that we do best up front and tend to do worse with later lines of therapy, and make sure that as we choose drugs, we take into effect the long-term nature of the treatment to avoid exacerbating known medical issues. In our next section, let's discuss the B-cell maturation antigen, or BCMA, and the biological rationale for therapeutically targeting BCMA in relapse and refractory myeloma. This section will introduce B-cell maturation antigen, or BCMA, and discuss the biological rationale for therapeutically targeting BCMA in relapse and refractory myeloma. There are three main modalities that are being used to target BCMA in relapse and refractory myeloma. There are no active studies looking at single-agent monoclonal antibodies. However, we have ongoing studies looking at antibody drug conjugates like belantamab mafodotin, bispecific antibodies like Regeneron 5458 and teclistamab, and CAR-T therapies such as Idacel and Siltacel. There are specific advantages and disadvantages of each type of therapy approach in this setting. CAR-T therapy has been one of the most exciting, boasting some of the highest and most durable response rates, especially in an extremely heavily relapsed group of patients. There are even hopes that early on utilization of BCMA-targeted CAR-Ts may lead to extremely long remissions or even cure. However, there are some notable downsides. Slot availability is quite limited, and manufacturing of these autologous CAR T cells does take time, typically on the order of four to eight weeks. So if you have a patient who is progressing now, you cannot give them a CAR T cell therapy now. You need to collect their T cells, and during the time of engineering, bridge them with other chemotherapy, which may or may not be difficult to do. Antibody drug conjugates like belantabam mafodotin are excellent therapies in that they're off-the-shelf products. This therapy doesn't typically involve your T-cells. So if you have exhausted T-cells, it's okay because this doesn't utilize T-cell activation like bispecific antibodies or CAR-Ts. It uses an antibody drug conjugate. However, the main downside of the drug is that the conjugate can lead to ocular toxicity. And the drug was approved with the REMS program requiring regular ophthalmologic or optometric evaluation prior to every single dose of the drug. Bispecific antibodies are off-the-shelf products, so they are available if someone is progressing right away. However, they do carry the same type of side effect profile that CAR-Ts do in deference to inducing cytokine release syndrome or CRS. They will be more readily available than CAR-Ts. However, again, they do carry the risk of neurotoxicity and CRS, so patient selection is extremely important. In summation, we have recognized that BCMA is an optimal or excellent target for treating relapse and refractory disease. And we now have three main modalities by which we can exploit this. In the next section, let's discuss key efficacy and safety results found with later stage agents within a class-based discussion. This session will review the ongoing development of BCMA CD3 bispecific antibodies in heavily pretreated relapse and refractory myeloma. For the most part, the bispecific antibodies in current clinical trials all utilize CD3 as the other arm, as CD3 is found on T cells. And here we can see a list of a number of BCMA CD3 bispecifics, like Regeneron 5458, 
alronatumab and teclistamab as the main BCMA CD3 biospecifics that are getting closer and closer to FDA approval. We know that these drugs can be highly efficacious, even in patients who've had many lines of therapy. To put it into context, we see here that alronatumab had an overall response rate of around 80% with patients with six prior lines of therapy. This is in comparison with the majority of therapies approved across the last decade, which when later lines have shown efficacy in the 20 at 30% response rate. We also know that there are other targets besides BCMA that we can utilize in this group. Savasamab and talketamab are what we call the non-BCMA bispecifics, whereas Savasamab targets FCRH5, talketamab targets GPRC5D. Now, BCMA, FCRH5, and GPRC5D are all independently expressed on plasma cells, and we actually have some emerging data that these drugs can use sequentially. As a class, bispecific antibodies, and specifically the BCMA-targeting bispecific antibodies, have a number of important adverse event profiles we need to discuss. Myeloma is a hematologic malignancy, and any therapy targeting it is likely to have hemotoxicity. This is no different in the realm of bispecific antibodies, and we see anemia, neutropenia, lymphopenia, and thrombocytopenia as some of the key adverse events. The other are the non-hematologic toxicities. The first two are the acute events such as CRS and ICONs. This is the cytokine release syndrome and the neurotoxicity that can be seen with the administration of the drug. These tend to occur in the acute fashion and need to be treated with therapies such as dexamethasone, the anti-IL-6 antibodies such as tocilizumab and sultuximab, or even the anti-IL-1 antibodies, anakinra. Although many of the CRS rates of some of the bispecifics have been in the 60 plus percent range, Regeneron 5458 has had a notably lower rate of CRS in the mid-30 percentile. Infectious complications are important to note for patients receiving BCMA-targeted bispecific antibodies. And although the routine ones, such as pneumonias, are common, you need to be on the lookout for some of the atypical infections like pneumocystis pneumonia, as well as viral reactivations from things like EBV and CMV. In the next section, let's discuss clinical insights on the future role of BCMA-CD3 bispecific antibodies in the treatment landscape of relapse and refractory myeloma based on the available data. This session will provide clinical insights on the future role of BCMA-CD3 bispecific antibodies in the treatment landscape of relapse and refractory myeloma based on the available data. We are now starting to look at measuring not just M-spikes in free light chains, but serum levels of B-cell maturation antigen or soluble BCMA in patients with relapse and refractory disease. This is a molecule that has a 24-hour half-life and may be a way to help monitor patients not just on BCMA-based therapies, but all therapies, and that we're able to determine their response rate in a very quick manner. Furthermore, circulating levels of BCMA may help to predict for response as high levels of circulating BCMA may act as a sink for some of our BCMA-targeting therapies, preventing the drugs from engaging with the BCMA that's located already on the plasma cells and instead being redirected to BCMA in the serum. The average patient with myeloma in the U.S. is 69 years of age with multiple comorbidities. And adding to our personalized medicine is not only targeting specific genomic agents to a specific disease, it's adjusting dosages of dexamethasone in patients with known diabetes. It's monitoring and managing hypertension in patients who are going to receive carfilzomib and making sure that patients follow up with their other providers to manage other disease and treatment-related toxicities. We also must take into account the notion of financial toxicity, noting that the average cost for your therapy in the United States ranges from around three to $500,000, and making sure that we're not adding financial toxicity to our patients when avoidable.
we have to adjust for the fact that many of our patients may not just be old, but may be frail, avoiding more intensive therapies such as stem cell transplant in extreme elderly. However, remembering that physiologic age may be different from chronologic age, and patients may still be eligible for transplant even if they're much older. Remembering that the current standard is triplets or even quadruplets, making sure that we give a dose-adjusted triplet to a patient who's a bit older or frailer, or even considering a doublet. Overall, BCMA targeting agents in general are changing the landscape, and we have the options of the -the off-the-shelf products like antibody drug conjugates and bispecific antibodies, which require continual therapy as well as the one-and-done CAR-T therapy that we now have commercially available. And with that, I will thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.